0: to the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner and Travion Berklin. Trey's got a long night of studying. He's got three midterms tomorrow. So as soon as he gets out of here, he's cracking the books. What's the uh, – how many hours are you going to dedicate to uh, studying tonight?
1: I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to go okay. home and sleep. Sleep first. Sleep first. And then I'm going to sleep as long as possible and then get up probably like – Three or four in the morning and start cramming.
0: Wait, so are you you going straight home after the show? Yes. And you're going to go to bed, so let's say 7 o'clock. Sure. And you're not going to wake up until 4?
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sleep for a while. I'm going to... How,
0: okay. It's currently 5.08,
1: now 5.09. How long have you been up? I mean... Just sporadically throughout the day. I've only had, like, I did night shift last night, and then I slept for, like, f- three hours. Then I went and took a midterm today and then slept for another hour or so. Now I'm over here.
0: I don't know how you do it. I don't know. Like, I, I, I totally understand. <laughs> yes, going to sleep at 7 and then wake up at 4, you're getting a full night's rest. Right. And Then you're just going to get up and cram. You said your first test is
1: at 10? Mm-hmm. So I have okay. A little, I can hang out a little bit. Cram a little bit, you know, maybe come over here, do what I need to do here. You know,
0: you you are you're six credit hours away from turning into Jesse Spano and (laughs) and and the caffeine pills. Have you seen that? uh, Saved by the Bell episode. It's kind of a famous scene.
1: Uh, Is that the I'm so excited thing? Yeah. 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 I've seen clips of it, but I've never seen the I've never watched the show. As an adult now, it's very cheesy. Oh, I'm sure. It's very cheesy. Um, so w- when I went to L.A. when I was a kid, Mario Lopez was at this um, hardware store or something, and we like pulled up there to like go to the bathroom, and my sister was freaking out because Mario Lopez was right next to us. So they got pictures with him, and then they were like, Trey, do you want a picture with Mario Lopez? And I was like, I don't know who he is. No. <laughs> well, when I was at XM when I was at the Howard
0: Stern show... Um, Celebrities are running all the time. Right. And there's there's like multiple green rooms. There's like a center lobby. Right. Um, and I was walking back and forth between a couple of studios. I was just running an errand or two for some people. And I stopped to talk to somebody. And s- sitting just directly to my right on a couch was Mario Lopez. That job had
1: to I be like, a oh, trip I didn't notice every something. day. Just – in that building, in that serious building, all the, everybody running around. Would run into the most random people. Did you ever see Opie and Anthony when you were there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think Anthony was
0: there or whichever one that left the show. Okay. Because Sam Roberts was on the show. Right. At the time. So, like, S- Opie and Sam or whatever it was. Right, it was right. Like a big wrestling guy. Yeah. Um we got Mitch in Vegas coming up here in just a moment. I want to remind everybody as well, Chiefs are playing Thursday night football tonight. And uh, they're taking on the Denver Broncos at Arrowhead Stadium, kickoff at 7.15. Pre-game coverage here on K-Man starts at the top of the hour. But it's Thursday, you know what that means. We're now joined by former K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton joining us via the phone. Um, Curry, were we ever a Save by the bell kid?
2: i was i i can't say i I didn't watch it um religiously but i certainly i i watched it from time to time
0: what was your uh like back then was like family matters say by the bell home improvement did you have a favorite like sitcom type of show
2: you know not really i mean i when i was a kid i just i just crammed sports all the time i mean i watched everything sports and then you know, I had a, an older sister and a younger brother, so they, you know, they got their turn TV too, and I mean, we watched like Even Stevens and <laughs> Rocket Power and, and, you know, all the, all the, you know, main shows on Disney and Nickelodeon, but we, I, you no, know, we weren't really into the sitcoms, I and mean, we watched them Stay by the Bell, we watched some Friends, um, trying to think, oh, we watched, uh, oh, what's, uh, m- my mind just went blank, what's the show with uh, with Topanga and Corey and...
0: Oh, Boy Meets World.
2: Yeah, we watched a lot of Boy Meets World, um, but but not, not a ton of home improvement, a little bit of State by the Bell. That, we, we, we had an assortment, but my, my go-to was always sports.
0: I'm blanking on her name, but I met Topanga uh, while I was at uh, uh, Sirius XM. I just can't think of a real name. But anyway, hey, Chiefs-Broncos tonight. Chiefs are minus 10.5. You taking uh, the home team? Hey.
2: I want to say yes, but I also took the Chiefs at three and a half against the Jets a couple weekends ago and got burnt. So, yeah, um, I think yes. I mean, I think you know the Chiefs obviously dealing with a little bit of injury, um, but the Broncos are really, really bad. And and I I know short weeks, division rivalry matchup. You you know you can throw a lot of this, you know a lot of what's happened out of the out of the window, but I, I just I think that there's a there's going to be a stark Contrast, stark difference in talent level uh, between the two teams, and so I do think the Chiefs will win by a couple touchdowns.
0: Yeah, Denver Broncos have statistically the worst NFL, uh, worst defense in the NFL right now, and they're getting rid of Frank Clark. Uh, that relationship did not end very long. They're looking to trade him or whatever, do with that whatever with him, but that relationship is now over. Uh, meanwhile, uh, heck, the Kansas or the uh, K State Wildcats at offense, uh, you know, after the Oklahoma State game, how that leave you? Are you more confused or just? Searching for why they weren't better against Oklahoma State offensively.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say, I don't know that confused is the right word. I guess I would say uh, concerned. Uh, you know, concerned about what happened last Friday, and then concerned about you know what we may see the rest of the season. I mean, we saw we saw weaknesses. You know, weaknesses showed up on on film the first four games, um, but obviously not to the degree that it did on Friday. And then on Friday we got to see sort of all of those weaknesses. You know, they were very very apparent between you know our offensive line struggles to get to the second level and and, and make blocks at the second level, and and also pass pro. Um, Will you know some of his some of his um, tendencies to throw into you know into coverage and, and to make some really poor reads and throws. And then I think the biggest you know biggest weakness at this point is our our receivers' inability to get open against man to man coverage. So. I I would say that the, that the last one is really something that leaves me hugely concerned for the rest of the year. Unless we have guys that can go win against Man Coverage, I think we're going to see a lot of the same issues.
0: Well, on on Monday I have Wyatt Thompson on on my my show every Monday. We talked a lot about the offense, of course. Um the the one thing I was upset with the most had to do with the wide receivers and I'll just ask you what exactly you saw and maybe and hopefully I wasn't crazy about what I saw in my assessment of some of the wide receiver play. I I felt like I just saw too much not playing to the whistle, not going 100 percent, guys not holding on to the blocks. And like you mentioned, not running the best routes with, you know, the most effort. Did you also see that?
2: absolutely and that and that's that's you know that's a more significant concern i mean not being not being able to get open is one thing but then you know not giving a poor effort and inconsistent effort is is a more significant issue um you know that 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 you know really makes makes it some it makes people question your pride um which is a which is obviously at this stage in the season when we were 3 and 1 trying to go to 4 and 1 and 2 and 0 and big 12 play last friday it, may, it that that raises some serious concerns and i mean i think you know, I think a couple instances stand out and I, and I, I don't mean to call out one guy, but you know, Phil Brooks is a six year guy who's done a lot of really good things for K State over the course of his career. And, and I can point to two plays on Friday, um, where, you know, Phil maybe didn't give the best effort and, and then the outcome was, was less than desirable. I mean, you think about, um, you know, when we were, when we were driving into the, uh, it was in the, the third quarter there. We were driving into, um, it, we were driving into score. And, and Will ran. They ran a zone read. Will pulled the ball after Phil came in motion. And, and had Phil made a, 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 an easy block, or had he had he simply gotten in the way of the defender? Will walks into the end zone. Instead, Will gets tackled for a loss. And then we end up trying to go for it a play or two later on fourth and eight. Bad snap. Um, we 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 get zero points, and Oklahoma State gets the ball at almost midfield and goes down and kicks the field goal. Um, that that was a huge, you know that that was a big red flag for me. And then I think that the pick six at the end of the at the first half, I, I, I am I firmly believe that, that, that no blame needs to be placed on will there. I mean that's a you know that's a situation where we're we're rightfully being aggressive, trying to go down the field and get some points, trying to trying to you know shave off a little bit of that deficit. And i I haven't been able to determine from film whether that was whether that was supposed to be an out route with an opportunity to convert. Or a little bit of a wheel route with a with a you know sort of a, a pivot out option on it. Um, it was one of the two, but regardless, because the safety was playing so high over the top of Phil, that Phil should have sat down in the flat, caught a caught, you know caught a pass past the six, gotten a first down, and, and you know hopefully led you know hopefully played a role in us driving down and scoring three or seven points. But instead, he converted whatever route was given to him. Um, in a situation where he didn't need it to be converted and, and that led to a you know obviously a pick six and, and a huge, huge play in the game. And I think, you know, obviously miscommunication is one thing, but my you know, my, my larger issue with that particular play is the effort that Bill gave. I mean he comes in motion, he's got a great he's got a great matchup. He's playing, you know, against a, a safety who's playing twelve to fifteen yards deep man to man. if he gives if he gives a strong effort there's no doubt in my mind he makes an easy catch for a first down and gets out of bounds, um, and so I think the 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 miscommunication or or, you know, the I guess the incorrect conversion of a route is is one issue, um, but but the effort was was a sig- more significant issue for me.
0: I appreciate your, that breakdown <laughs> on that second interception because I think when I first watched it, I I had thought Will made the mistake because when it looks like Phil's going for the out route. It was a quick turn towards the sideline, and it didn't take very long. He's running right back up the field. That's where I was a little bit confused, but also this, the 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 defender was on the slot guy. and He had to get around the outside corner to to get to uh, um to 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 fill. Yeah. So, but he was still five yards <laughs> off the ball. So that that you would say one hundred percent on Phil?
2: Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, absolutely. And I, okay. haven't, I haven't seen the all twenty two, but yes, from what I've seen, I mean. Phil was past the sticks in the flat with a with a pretty significant amount of separation uh, when Will when Will cut that ball loose um, and 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 Phil you know was going the other direction so that my view of it is yes the, you know that the blame there doesn't need to go to Will
0: okay well, I'm glad you explained that I, I talked to D Y about it yesterday and it made me go back and watch him multiple times and I was like okay I I see it now that why that would be uh, Philip Brooks' fault. Where is your faith right now in Will Howard? Despite maybe that second one not being his fault, does throw three interceptions, and you know certainly the third one was it was in panic mode, and he throws it right to a cowboy. But uh, moving forward, how are you feeling about Will?
2: Yeah, I still have a lot of faith in Will. I mean, Will's been a good player for us, and obviously was played a big role in helping us win a Big Twelve championship last year. I, I think uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm a worried about the weapons we have around him. Uh, it's clear at this point that the only guy on the field that he trusts in tight situations is Ben Sennett. And defenses are rightly giving Ben a lot of attention. So you're seeing a lot of times Will throwing at Ben and Ben being tightly covered by one or multiple guys. Uh, And so, you know, I think for Will to have some of the same success that he had last year, we're going to have to have some guys get open. have to have some guys win in one-on-one coverage and go make plays. And, you know, obviously we've seen We've seen RJ and Phil and Jaden do it at times, maybe against a more inferior opponents. And we've seen a li- we've seen a couple of flashes for- from Keegan. But until someone steps up and says, "Hey, I'm the guy who's going to win," and, and you know, in third and long when we're getting man to man coverage, then I think Will's going to continue to struggle. Um, he's just not. You know, guys just aren't getting open, and he's not getting those. You know, he- he's not having those good throwing lanes, those good options. You know, down the field. And and so I do think a lot of his mistakes are because he's just trying to force things which you know which is I think partly on will but it's also there's a lot of the, a, a lot of the blame can be placed on the receiver group who's just not giving him good options
0: Are you now more interested in working in Avery Johnson in the game plan and I'm not saying bench Will Howard at all I'm not saying that whatsoever but because of his athleticism and his ability to maybe add a spark with athleticism to the offense now need to work him in into the game plan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been very much in favor of that since, you know, maybe game one, but certainly game three. I mean, well, you know, we struggled we struggled in a lot of ways against Missouri to move the ball short of a couple of good drives. And, you know, we struggled to run the football at Missouri in, in most cases. And, and when Avery came in on the six or so plays that he ran at Missouri, uh, he, was, he was very productive. I mean, getting some chunk yardage, creating some running lanes. I mean, one, one thing that we obviously lack on the offensive side of the ball is explosive playmakers, and that's exactly what Avery Johnson is. And so I don't know that he's ready to be the guy, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not calling for that, but I do think that we have to find ways to get him into the game plan because he, he has a skill set that we, that we don't currently offer. And I think our offensive line has, has struggled to get on and stay, stay on block. And one way to take some pressure off the offensive line is, you know, with a, with a, with a read option type, you know, read option type approach. And if you throw Avery and DJ or Avery and Trayshawn in a defense, that's going to make life easier on our offensive line. So, um, yes, I am very much in favor of getting Avery involved. Um, don't think that, that, you know, I'm not calling for Avery to be the guy, but I do think that he can help us win football games right now.
0: I know football, just in general, is in a very analytics era. Um, you probably know where I'm going. The When K-State scored the touchdown to get within eight, uh, decided to go for two. And I know analytics say you, you go for the two, more often you're, you're going to get it, you're putting pressure on the defense to stop you than putting pressure on yourself. But did you like the call to go for two in that moment?
2: No, I, I didn't. I didn't like it before the snap, and I certainly didn't like it after they didn't convert. Um, I, you know, I, 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 get, I, I know that analytics are now a big part of football. And, I mean, you see instances like, the, you know, the Green Bay Packers a couple weeks ago in, against the New Orleans Saints. and in, in a similar scenario, they went for two, they converted, they scored another touchdown, and then they won the game, you know, by kicking that extra point. So, so there's a, a recent example of that, of that scenario working. But I think analytics are one thing, but then you have to factor in, you know, a lot of other human elements our offense was 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 you know our offense was struggling and obviously we go down there and we score right then and there but we don't but but we had gained a lot of momentum at that point and by failing to you know failing to convert that two point attempt you give them a lot of momentum back in that one play and i think you know that 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 really set us back a little bit and i so my my view is you know you, you kick the extra point and then if you if you get within one with an opportunity to tie or go ahead late in the game, then you go for two if you want to. But I, I just, I really didn't like going for two in that instance because obviously we don't convert. And then the offense and the team knows in the back of their head, we can't give up any more points. And if we go score a touchdown, we have to convert two. Um, so I, under all the circumstances, I was not a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of, of going forward on fourth and eight. Um, down and down in Oklahoma State territory, when we could have kicked the field goal and, and cut into the deficit. I wasn't a fan of going for it on fourth down and long inside our own thirty-yard line. Uh, there were some there were some game management decisions that I wasn't a, a fan of. I thought in a lot of ways we probably hit the panic button a little too early.
0: Speaking with Curry Sexton, former K State wide receiver, got a couple more for you. Um, did you travel with the team? Were you on the road trip in twenty eleven?
2: Yeah, I was. I was a freshman that year.
0: Okay, so that would have been a night game, and then you had an eleven a.m. game back in thirteen. I'll never forget that because I was at a wedding and checking my phone while the ceremony was going on, and it turned out to be a blowout. But you've been there for a night game atmosphere. What's it like in Lubbock compared to Stillwater? Uh,
2: you know, I, I I've, I've never felt like that. Texas Tech fans are, are all that. All that intimidating, um, you know. There, I certainly understand that games against Texas A and M or other Texas schools. There's a lot of vitriol there, and and I'm I'm sure that the the atmosphere gets a little bit more intense. But I, I just never really felt that. Um, they always have a good crowd. Their fans are always relatively into it. But I just never felt you know like oh man this this especially the night game this night game blackout et cetera. I never felt like you know there was any intimidation factor there. <laughs> Obviously, they're two and zero in the Big Twelve and feeling pretty good about themselves. and So this Saturday may be different, but I, but in com- when comparing a, a, a you know a really strong Stillwater atmosphere to a Lubbock atmosphere, I, I don't think they're necessarily on the same level. Um, and I think part of the stadium structure plays into that. I mean, Oklahoma State they're right on topia and, and and the stands, you know, there's there's a little bit of a steeper angle, and in Lubbock the angle of the stands is just so gradual. It, I, I just don't I don't feel like the sound has quite the impact. Um, so I, I, I yeah I, I would not put Texas Tech in the same category as Stillwater.
0: Well, the last one is is this a must-win for K-State?
2: You know that's hard. I mean I think it must-win what sense? I mean must-win in, in terms of you know try, still trying to play for a big potentially a Big Twelve championship game appearance. Absolutely. Um, must win in the literal sense, probably not. I, I would I would lean toward characterizing this as a must win, though, for purposes of keeping the team and the fans into it. Um, obviously, you know we've we've got you know we've, we're 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 three and two, falling to five hundred halfway through the season is, is obviously not a great thing. Um, And with with two big home games and two winnable home games coming up over the next couple of weeks, I I think a win would would do absolute wonders for keeping the fan base engaged um, and for keeping the team locked in. And so I think in a lot of ways it is a must win, but in a literal sense I would say it's probably not a must win.
0: All right, well, Curry, I appreciate you sticking on with us a little longer than we usually go, and hopefully next week we'll be talking fired up about a K-State victory, heading back home to take on TCU. Curry, thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver, former Abilene Cowboy, joining us here on the game. When we come back, it's uh, Trey and I. I think I'm going to talk Trey into making some picks with me again because last time he did a really good job, 4-2. and two. I haven't gone 4-2 and two in like four weeks. Let's see if Trey can do it again. Mitch in Vegas is coming up next. For K-State to play USC in November. I I forget the exact date. I believe it's the 6th? Yeah, November 6th. K-State's a a four-and-a-half-point dog to USC. Meanwhile, we're about to pick some games here. Last time Travion joined in on the fun, um, he went four and two. I I went three and three. By the way, I, I was looking this up. So, if you're going out to Vegas for that basketball game, if you're going to stay on this strip, you're going to pay some cash. First of all, you're, you're going to be there on a weekend. Well, I guess it'd be Sunday to Monday. Sunday to Monday, that's considered like a weekday uh, rate, um, as far as I understand. But uh, if you just stay a little bit off this strip, it's going to be a lot cheaper. Most likely. But also consider this, the Raiders have a home game the day before. So, yeah, hotel prices are going to be way higher because of that. So, plan accordingly. I was telling uh, the Powercat Game Day boys, uh, D.Y. is going to be going to Vegas. I told him, you know what? You know, instead of staying right on the strip, you could just stay like a block off the strip, do a little bit more walking, and you're going to pay, like, less money, to stay in Vegas. But those damn resort fees, that's where they get you. The whole resort fee thing. It's a rip-off. I've stayed at places that don't even have resorts. Or anything you would consider close to a resort. It's just like a, it's like a ticket master. What, like a uh, charge fee or whatever. Handling fee or what, you know, It's so dumb. It really is. Uh, all right. Updated standings for Mitch in Vegas. Troy get, went four and two last week. He's ahead by two games. He's twenty four and seventeen. The people go three and three. They're now twenty two and nineteen. Deej and I, man, we're about to get our legs chopped off. We're struggling here. We owe people money. We both went two and four. I'm now seventeen and twenty four. Deej is fourteen and twenty seven. But of course, you know, four straight weeks. I don't have everybody in the same room to make picks. So. DG and Troy both had to send me their picks ahead of time and of course the people which includes you if you want to vote at MitchTheFort on Twitter is where you can find these games. We pick the winners by the Vegas spread. Game number one. Let's see. We are going to head to Fort Worth, Texas. Big 12 game Saturday at 2.30 on ESPN. BYU is at TCU. The Frogs of TCU favored by six points. The winners of this game are uh, are right. They're the they're the ones that are correct, uh, religiously. Um, Trey, you want to pick first? You taking BYU or are you taking TCU? TCU, going TCU. Well, I can tell you, Troy's going to take BYU, and so is DG. And to be honest with you, Trey, I'm going to have to disagree with you as well. The people are going to go BYU. I got to go BYU, and I think everybody's in the same boat here because uh, Chandler Morris will not be playing for TCU. He's the starting quarterback. He's going to be out a couple of weeks at least. Um, He has a sprained MCL again, which was his exact injury last year in game number one that led to Max Duggan being the starter for the rest of the year. And Max was doing so well that once Chandler Morris was healthy again, Um, He didn't get back in the starting lineup. It was all Max Duggan. And now they're going to go with, uh, and I'm blanking on his name, but it's going to be a freshman quarterback, John Oliver and John Connor, whatever his name is. It's either the kid from Terminator or it's last week tonight's host. One of them is going to be the starting quarterback for TCU and most likely is going to, I think there's no doubt, going to be the QB when they visit Manhattan uh, next Saturday for another six o'clock kick. And by the way, how about this? So, get a little sidetracked here, but K-State hosting TCU a week from tomorrow will be another 6 o'clock game. That'll be four straight night games for the Cats. First time since the end of 2012 that has happened. When K-State finished the 2012 season with um, five straight games starting uh, with night kickoffs. Game number two. Let's see here. I lost my spot here. Let's go to... Washington, number eight Oregon at number seven Washington, the Huskies. Trey are favored by three points. That's the Washington Huskies. Let's see. David G picked Washington. Troy picks Washington. The people pick Washington. Trey picks Washington. Guess who I'm gonna pick? I'm taking Washington. I'm taking Michael Penix Jr. Three points. It's like it's basically like just saying, well. We see these teams as evens, but Washington's the home team. So we're going to go with Washington, or we're going to go with the home team there. Washington uh, getting the edge there. So I'm going to go with the Huskies. Game number three, we're back in Big 12 play. Number 23, Kansas is going to be at Oklahoma State. KU a three-point favorite on the road. The people say Oklahoma State. Troy will pick Oki Light. David G. going to pick the Kansas Jayhawks as a three-point favorite. How does Travion feel?
1: I'm also going to go with Kansas. Hmm. Interesting. Any particular reason why? I don't know. Just rooting for the state.
0: (sighs) (laughs) That might have been the most hurtful comment you could have made.
1: well i mean kansas is kansas regardless if you're a wildcat or a jayhawk you're still representing the same state so travion my boy it just does not work that way uh, i'm a wildcat all the
0: way uh, but just but that means you pick whoever is playing against kansas but you still gotta root for kansas well oh, you're also picking by vegas lines here we're trying to make some money right <laughs> Uh, To be quite honest with you, I actually do lean Kansas as well because I think Oklahoma State will struggle to stop the run. Um, Jason Bean, even though Jalen Daniels, again, he's out. He's got the back injury or whatever. He has issues carrying the team, so he's been sitting out now for the last three games. It'll be Jason Bean, but honestly, I don't see much of a difference. I think Jason Bean just as capable of Jalen Daniels to go win a game, maybe even more capable to go win a game uh, because his back isn't hurting. So... Uh, I'm actually going to take KU to cover three points. Uh, We're off to game number four. USC is visiting Notre Dame. This is a rivalry game, and this is honestly on my bucket list. I want to see this game sometime in South Bend, Indiana. Notre Dame favored by three and a half. Troy will go with the Fighting Irish. DG wants USC. The people pick USC. What do you think, Trey? Notre Dame favored by three and a half. I'm going to say Notre Dame. I me, mean, this is a coin toss, and I was leaning Notre Dame, but the hook? You know, USC, I think, kind of went through it a reality check. They had been able to sleepwalk for 15 minutes every game so far until last week's game against Arizona. They had to play a full game to go get that job done. I think that was a wake-up call. They're going to play a full game, and with that, that's going to be too much offensive firepower. Even though Notre Dame's pass defense is one of the best in the country, they're about to play the Heisman Trophy winner in Kayla Williams. So I, I do lean the Trojans of USC plus three and a half. Dog goes on the road. I'm going to take the money
1: line with USC to go win that game in South Bend. That USC game, that was last Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. My friend won two grand off that game. Two from grand? A, from a $9 bet, yeah.
0: <laughs> Ask your friend to take a like a screenshot,
1: he's like, "That's the uh, first time I've ever won anything." Because it,
0: it was <laughs> obviously a parlay. He, he had probably a lot going on in that game, or unless, was it just on that game? Did he say how the bets were? Or I, was it I, multiple games? I couldn't
1: tell you all the specifics. I think it was just that game, if I believe. It's good that Troy's not here to hear that, <laughs> because that's 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 the only way Troy
0: bets is I, these crazy parlays. He'll bet a dollar. And then he was show me a bet yesterday, um, where he just got absolutely burned. He he played a parlay for a dollar, and if he hit it, he won, wins like fifty bucks. And it's like ten legs, and it, it, like players had to do a certain you know hit a certain yardage total or whatever. And one player missed it
1: by like two yards, and he wins fifty bucks. And it just, that happens to him all the time. I just know that like it was up to if USC won or not. Then he would win the two grand. Interesting. So once they like, because it was going back and forth, and it was going overtime and everything, and we were watching the game, and we we're like, "Oh my gosh,
0: my but my luck ends up winning it." So. so you were there with him. Mm-hmm. Oh man, was there a big celebration? Did everybody go yeah, ex- get yeah.
1: excited?
0: I I don't remember what the final score of that game was. Was it close at the end? It was.
1: It was like back and forth from being oh, yeah. tied to not that, tied. Oh, I forgot that was.
0: That's right. Yeah. It was an overtime game. That's mm-hmm. right. It was the two point conversions. Right. It came down to basically the shootout in the third overtime, and Arizona didn't get there as USC did. I forgot about that. That's right. Uh, I did not catch it, but I saw the highlights after. It was late. It was really late. Yeah, it was Pac-12 after dark. Yeah, it was. It was a late kickoff. Uh, let's see here. We got two games left. Number 20, let's go to the ACC. Number 25, Miami at number 12, North Carolina. 630 on ABC. Tar Heels favored by three and a half. Let's see what the people are going to do. They go with North Carolina. DG says North Carolina. Troy says Carolina.
1: Are you going to make it four for four, go with the Tar Heels? I'm going to go with Miami. Ooh. I like
0: the courage, young man. I, thi- I got to go North Carolina. The thing is, like, I think North Carolina, first of all, is just the better team. Although Miami should be undefeated right now. They absolutely blew it against Georgia Tech with running the ball when they should have just taken a knee, run out the clock. They fumbled. Georgia Tech scores on the final play of the game. Miami makes a ton of mistakes, and you you don't hear a lot about it because it's penalties. But they kill themselves with penalties. They're the one of the worst teams in the nation in committing penalties and they're going to screw themselves and they're going to lose to north carolina by more than three and a half points so i'm going to take the tar heels the final game this will be a good one it's another close line and another home favorite number 18 ucla is um visiting number 15 oregon state beavers of oregon state favored by three and a half seven o'clock on fox as you can tell there's a lot of night games and uh fortunately k-state's not gonna get a whole lot of ratings People say Oregon State. Troy's going to say Oregon State. Deej, Oregon State. What do you like?
1: I'm going to say Oregon State.
0: Me too. That's a really good team at home. DJ Uli is coming off of like a, a career day
1: last week against
0: uh, Cal. I don't think their offense is going to keep up with, with Oregon State. I'm talking about UCLA. UCLA's defense has been pretty good, but I think it's going to be a little bit too high-scoring. Uh, for UCLA to be comfortable, so they're not going to get it done on the road. I'm going to take Oregon State. That's going to wrap it up. That's our picks for the week. We'll recap, of course, next week, and maybe someday soon, everybody will be in studio to make their picks instead of me having to read them off for them. It's just not as exciting. We take a break, and when we come back, your number one song of the day after these words. Do we have time to do one question? Yes. Okay, the question is, because Taylor Swift is going to be at the Chiefs game tonight. Would you rather sit in the box – if you had to sit in one of their boxes for tonight's game, would you rather sit with Taylor Swift and Donna Kelsey and have a bunch of people in there doing everything but not talking about the game? (laughs) Or would you rather sit with Brittany Mahomes and the Mahomes family
1: and be able to focus on the game? I definitely – I mean, you're talking to me. I I definitely would like to be in the Taylor Swift box.
0: So I only go (laughs) Taylor Swift box because I'm not a Chiefs fan. Like, if I'm there to watch the game and pay attention, like – I just never mind. So a, All it, scenarios I'm, I'm picking Taylor
1: Swift because I don't want to be around Jackson Mahomes. That's also true, good point. But if you're there to watch the game, I wouldn't want to be in a box anyways. I'd want to be like in the you know, bowl with everybody else.
0: I sat in a box once for a Royals game and let me tell you, that's the way everybody really? should live life. It's pretty dope. I Especially bet, if yeah. the food is free and it's really good, drinks are free it's a good time and you know of course taylor Swift would take care of the bill that's just the kind of gal she is
1: <laughs> yeah
0: Are we taking it
1: to the top we can whatever you want to do because
0: we got the chiefs coming up at the top of the hour
1: okay so yeah let's get out right now all right we gotta go for
0: trey i'm mitch go cats